Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I know Mary is laughing at me because now I can say the words without without stumbling. Writer's Block Party Podcast. Writer's Block Party Podcast. <laughs> I'm Prue Warren, a novice writer of a single rom-com. And thankfully, I'm here with a co-host with a great deal more experience. I am Meredith Bond. I am uh, more experienced. More experienced. <laughs> Yay! And in this podcast, my role is to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> not, yeah. not no more. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Um, Mary, this week we're going to discuss business plans for writers. And I am prepared to ask lots of very obvious questions because Excellent. my business plan so far has been just spend money like mad and don't worry about it. So... <laughs> So I feel I'm I'm ripe for refinement. I think we can make progress today. Teach me how. Teach me how you have what what is your business plan and how do I modify it for me? <laughs> okay. Um so there are some basic business plan questions oh, good. that oh. an author needs to ask of themselves. Um, let me preface this by saying that there are some excellent resources for how to, for learning how to create your own business plan. Um, Joanna Penn recently came out with a book on business plans for authors. Um, literally, uh, is that literally the name? That's a very good question. I think. Actually, it might be. Hang on. I will tell you. Yes, Joanna Penn's book is called Your Author Business Plan. Take your author career to the next level. Okay. I will put this in the show notes. Yes, please. Um, I will also put into the show notes a ex an excellent blog post by Jamie Gold, who has some fantastic writer's resources. And uh, she wrote a blog post on author business plans. That is very good. And yes. Jane Friedman also wrote a very useful blog post on author business plans. It's from 2013, but it's still mostly applicable. Good. Okay. All right. Now, you give me the summation of what they said. You got about, you got about half an hour, girl. Bring it out. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> Basically, what your author business plan, it's kind of like a five-year plan, except it's more likely a, a one-year plan because authors generally can't plan five years in advance. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we're going to be doing. We're no, we don't know what the market's going to look like because the publishing market changes drastically, constantly, uh, like so frequently. If you think about it, self-publishing is only 10 years old. I know, that's incredible. Yeah. It's, and, 
And traditional publishing is an entirely different beast from when I was traditionally published. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, so, that's interesting. But do would you say, like, I would think the first question to ask is, how many books do you intend to publish in the next five years? I mean, is that a reasonable question? It is. It certainly is. Um, it depends, though, on how fast you write and the the speed at which you write can increase or decrease on any given book because the book is just harder to write, the characters are recalcitrant, or sure. life gets in, gets in the way, or you speed up just because you're getting better at it and you've figured out your own process better. And so you could plan to write two books a year and end up churning out four. Oh, that's good. I'll, that's plan, let's plan on two books a year and then churn out four. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, uh, yes, creating a five-year plan is, is wonderful, but I really think that it's more reasonable to do a one-year plan and revisit it in six months. I think that's a really good idea. And I know that you're going to get to what the key questions are, and I don't want to distract from that. But when you consider your business plan, Mary, do you do it, you know, on New Year's Day? Do you do it? Do you have a do you have a time when you say, oh, it's time to look at the business plan? Yes, I do always do it around the new year, just mm-hmm. because that's the time when I sit and um, every year I go through this process where I write out three goals, wishes, and dreams, um, three of each. And, you know, my goals are what I think I can reasonably be achieved. My wishes are what will take a little bit more work. And my dreams are, you know, New York Times bestselling list. Right, right. Dreams. Um, And so I do that every year. I write out my goals, wishes, and dreams. And when I do that, I'm also, I also formulate my business plan for the year. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, you and I are recording um, mid-June. This probably won't be um, posted until sort of early July. So we're at the halfway point of the year now. Yeah. So really, technically, I should be stopping and seeing where I am in my business plan and where I'm going next. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is that opportunities come up and you shouldn't dismiss them just because they're not in your business plan. You right. have to allow yourself to adjust to what ha- what's happening and what, what you can do, right? Okay. So being trapped and confined to a business plan could be very limiting for your publishing business. So if I think of it as I will make a business plan for the next 12 months and review it at the six month mark, this is a good time for me to make a business plan right now. So I'm very, yes. I'm very, what are the business plan questions I should be able to answer? Okay. The first question you should answer is a description of your business. So your business could be rom-com. Prue uh, Warren is the author of rom- romantic comedies. 
And then you can get into more description of the romantic comedies. They are so many words long. Um, they will be published at these outlets, at these retailers, in these different formats. Oh, so I can ask. That's a description well, of your. That's a description okay. of your business. Good. Right. Good. I'm writing this down. So you'd say genre, outlets, sales outlets. Mm-hmm. Platforms and uh, formats. Formats. Okay. Good. Good. That's this is an excellent start. I feel much less intimidated. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Already, you know the answer. Already, I know the answer. <laughs> Another. The next thing on my business plan list is. I mean, technically, you. Okay. Is ownership and location. You don't need to have that. It's, you know, I have, you know, Meredith Bond is a sole proprietorship owned and operated by me and I get my legal name and, you know, so on. But, that's, all that. but I that's, think that's important because just because you and I publish indie doesn't mean that the two people listening aren't going to go traditional. So it would be important for the business plan to say who, who you publish with, who owns the rights. Yes. That would useful that would be a useful thing to write down easy yes, for would. Andy right but for a traditionally published person you could have their who owns to the rights to each book and when they revert back to you to the author that's good yeah absolutely okay um that could also be in the next section which is products which is what you currently have available <laughs> That's easy to answer. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you have more than one, you should have the publishing date for that for your book. And as you said, as we said, you know, who owns the, the copyright? Now, Meredith, when you say what is currently available, that would imply that you would at some point say, oh, I'm taking that book down for one reason or another. Is there any reason why an indie author would ever remove a book from availability? Um, unlikely, but you might want to update it. Okay. You might want to put out another edition of the book. And so, so your published, your list of publications won't necessarily get smaller. It'll only grow every year. Right. But actually, that is interesting, once again, for, for traditional. That's a different different question for traditional. Yep. Is my book available or not? If you own the rights, you can answer. But if you don't own the rights, then you're at the mercy of someone else until you do get the rights back. Okay. Yep. All right. Description and products. Okay. Um, and then I have next pricing strategy. Oh, God. Which is basically... Um, how much I charge for each book. Currently or ever? Currently, because it's it certainly open to, to change. Sure. Sure, because you want, I'm, I'm assuming you want to s draw people into your series with a low price, and then the other books in the series cost more. Exactly. Or like when I put up, book up for pre-order, I put it up for pre-order at 99 cents. And once it's published, I increase the price to $2.99 or $3.99. Oh, you do? Yeah. 
So you need to revisit the pricing strategy every time you change a price. Right. Or you, but you just know it's there. Or I want to consider fooling around with my pricing strategy. One thing that David Gochran uh, suggested was that you price uh, book one of the series at 99 cents, book two of the series at 2.99, book three at 3.99, and book four at 4.99. Wow, that's bold. Right. And maybe that works for him and his genre. And so maybe I want to try that this year and see if it works for me, you know? I think I think you should try. <laughs> I think you need to be the guinea pig on that one. And then report back because dang. <laughs> I'm writing it down. What's the pricing strategy? Yeah. Okay. Pretty fascinating. Okay. We could do a whole blog post on how do you price your book. Uh, and and the thing is, is that you could ask 12 authors and get 15 answers. Uh, okay. It's on the list now. Okay. Yeah. Next. Um, and uh, your financial plan, which is actually money in, money out. See, or this in your is case, money out. <laughs> money out. Lots and lots of money out. So, okay. Think back, Meredith mere moments ago when you were a new author and didn't have 25, 30 books, a financial plan for a beginning author is significantly different than a financial plan for an experienced author. I still need a developmental editor, a copy editor, and a proofreader. I need all three of those things to make sure that the book I'm putting out is high quality. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is the most important thing. I don't want to start out with a crappy book. I would rather establish a reputation and then hope that I could cut corners later. But that's a lot of money. Yeah. So um, financial plans for beginning authors can be intimidating. When you look at the number, you can think, all I wanted to do was write books and self-publish them. And isn't that supposed to be easy? And the answer is, yeah, if you want to do a bad job, but well, to do a good job. Yes, some authors do not go for developmental editing. Instead, they have a critique group on which they rely. And so the critique group doesn't cost anything except time. Some authors rely on friends and family to do their proofreading. Yeah. And so they cut costs in those ways. That's a really good point. Just because I'm spending money hemorrhaging it. Doesn't like, mean that everybody has to. Right. Doesn't mean that everybody has to. So in that case, a financial plan can be more reasonable. How do you, how does a beginning writer know a range to expect? If I, if I, okay, wait a minute. I know that was too open-ended a question. My first developmental edit I paid $1,800 for it. Right. But that's a huge amount from it. The most recent developmental edit, I paid $500 for. And I'm, I'm not learning as much. And I'm nervous that maybe it's not as good an editor. But, but I think the point is that the learning curve is really steep at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, narrow, but, but, but it doesn't always stay requiring that much investment. Right. And you can merge from a developmental editor to 
um, an editor who sort of does a combination of development and copy editing, like Chris Hall, who we had on. Right, 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 right. That's good. That's a good. Okay, so if you were a brand new author and just learning how to do this, if you wanted editors as opposed to friends and writers groups um, and critique groups, you'd set aside $500 for editing. Does that sound right? Yeah. I would say five or six hundred dollars. Five or six hundred. It depends also <laughs> on how long your book is. Of course, of course, the length the length is key. Um, I have two proofreaders who I work with. One of whom charges eight cents a word, not eight cents a word, point oh eight cents a word, mm-hmm. um, and one of whom charges point oh six cents or point oh oh six. Right? It's not it's not six yes. cents a word. Anyway. So I'm going to be paying between three and five hundred dollars for my proofreader because my book is about eighty thousand words long. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to hire a proofreader. You can trust that your friends and family can spot the mistakes for you, right? And pro- and so, beta readers, and beta readers, especially if you get a beta reader who's who's really good at grammar. But I, Meredith, I thought I was good at grammar. I thought I was good at proofreading. And when I sent... But you don't see your own mistakes. That is the point. You don't see your own mistakes and you never will. So find someone to proofread for you, whether you have to pay for it or not. It's an investment that's worth it. Yes. I actually had a client who got really, really angry at me because I told him he needed a proofreader. And he said... I was a professional copy editor for 40 years. I don't need a proofreader. And I can't tell you how many mistakes were in his book. And when I told him that, he was so offended, he fired me. Wow. 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 Have you you looked at his book? No. Okay. My sister, who's a very wise woman, says that if you get on the airplane and put down your tray table and there's a coffee ring on the table that no one has wiped off the coffee ring from the last passenger, you begin to suspect no one's been maintaining the engines. (laughs) So there is a level of trust that people, readers repose in authors that can be destroyed, not by poor plotting, not by poor dialogue, but by simple grammatical errors that set your teeth on edge and make you think, I don't trust this writer anymore. I'm not, I don't think this is a good book. And that's a horrible thing to do to your baby. You know, wipe the crusty part away from the eyes before you send your child into play school because, right? I mean, it matters. It matters how people perceive your book as to how well they can enjoy it. Right. So don't mess around. Get a proofreader. That's my theory. Yeah. Absolutely. Or find someone who's a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the final one I think is a really tricky one, but you and I have covered that on, we've covered how much things cost on an earlier podcast. Marketing. Yeah. Marketing budget, which was number eight or 10 or something. Mm -hmm. So you can get more information on the marketing budget. So that financial plan is a big topic. It is, and it's an important one. 
Will you, without giving actual numbers, tell me what's in your financial plan. When you, ha- when you write out your financial plan, here are the items that I must allocate funds for. Not how much, just which items. Editing, book covers, and marketing. Because I do my own formatting. I was going to say the, the missing element there is formatting. Right. You're a format. Because I'm, I already do that. For other people, I do it for myself as well. Um, Let's do but just a little touch back to that earlier podcast. If I had an eight, 80,000 word book, Meredith, how much would you charge me to format it? Uh, it de- for me, it's more not how long the book is, but how many chapters it has and how many formats you want. So um, I charge per format. So if I do all formats, it's like, $250, something like that. I recently raised my prices, so it's I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Good for you, good for you for raising your prices. Um, yeah. Didn't Amazon recently surrender its insistence on its own special format? Yes. No longer do you... It, now it... Actually, I had a client, poor thing. She was so frustrated. Um, now to upload to KDP, you have to upload an EPUB. It used to be a Mobi file, but now it's an EPUB. Um, but if you want to sideload your book onto your Kindle to check it before you upload it, it has to be a Mobi file. <laughs> I should have known that Amazon would never make anything easy. No, of <laughs> course not. Of course not. <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Well, that's that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, all right. Have we okay. gone through the questions? Or and then there- that's the first half. There's there are five more things here. Oh my God. Okay, go. Okay. Uh, number six is your production schedule and writing plan. So that's that's that how many books you're going to write this coming year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that production schedule, you might want to put a brief outline or a summary of the books that you're going to be writing. Oh, okay. Like this is the third in the series or this is the beginning of a new series or this is a standalone. Yeah, and maybe a, a paragraph. This is, you know, um, Christopher's book uh, and uh, he's going to meet and fall in love with Ellen and uh, at the end of it, they're going to do this. Okay, okay. Right? Yep. Um, and so you have the books that you want to write this coming year. Yep. And if possible, an, a calendar of approximately when you will get them done. And then you can, so that you can also plan out when you want to publish them, if you are self-published. Good. Okay. Or if you are traditionally published, your right. publisher will tell you when they are going to publish them. And so and you'll you back have up. your deadlines when you need to get it to the publisher. Okay, good. In this section. Okay. The next section is your targeted audience. That oh, you God. Are, that's information you need for your marketing. And the next section after that is the marketing and promotion plan. My target audience is anyone who will read my book. How do you, how do you define you your time? I'm writing it on the podcast list because how do you define targeting your audience. We're going to talk about that because that sounds like a big topic. It is a big topic and it's a tough one. 
Because, I mean, ultimately, we all write for ourselves, but we're not going to buy our own books. (laughs) Right? So you have to know who will. And not only do you know who will buy your books, but you have to know where they are so that you know where to market to them. You have to know whether they're on Twitter or on Instagram or on Tumblr or on Facebook. Um, You have to know whether they prefer paper over ebook and you know there's so many factors that you need to know about your all right. audience all right we're going to move up that topic because i need to know that sooner rather than later okay all right let's just assume that we all understand how to target our audience and move on to number seven <laughs> um yeah uh, so that was number seven oh. is targeted audience okay and number eight is your marketing and promotion plan yeah okay well, we've done podcasts on that. Yeah, we have. Jenny Kate came on and told us about marketing. It was very interesting. Exactly. So interesting. So important. Yeah. Um, what I have here for number nine could probably also be in, folded into number eight, which is your website plan and oh. your online marketing plans. Newsletter. Yeah. Newsletter too. Absolutely. Wow. How how big is your final document when you're done? I mean, uh, physically, if you were to print out all of this. Four or five pages. You can do all this in four or five pages. Well, maybe six. I haven't done it. I don't have, I couldn't find my most recent plan. Um, but um, yeah. And then the last thing on your, in your finance, in your business plan needs to be your long-term goals. I don't know. Not die. <clears throat> Not I mean, that like, term, because that's going to be a very, very long time from now. <laughs> what are your long-term goals? How do you, I mean, number of books sold, number of, of reviews written. I mean, how do you, well, we've done, how do you define success? So I guess your long-term yes. goal has to be established in many different categories. Right. Um, I also would do for long-term goals, you know, if you're writing a very long series, then your long-term goals would be to complete the series. So like my Ladies Wagering Whist Society, it was a trilogy of trilogies. I write about three books a year. So that would took me three years. And so those were my long-term goals, that three years to write the nine book series. You're done. You've written it. <laughs> done. <laughs> what are your long-term starting goals? The, I'm starting Not the done. next series. And so my long-term goals include my Regency Royals series and my uh, Rider Street Club series. And then after that, my Zodiac series. I've got three series already in my head ready to start working. Tell me, the Rider Street what series? Rider Street Club series. You'll learn about that in in the ninth book of the Ladies Wagering Wist Society, which I will give to you, Prudence. I want it as soon you know, as Chris I'm, is done with it. I'm ready to beta it. I'm ready. I'm ready. It is going um, to be yours, but I have to get it back from Chris first. Okay. All right. All right. I love number eight, and I love number seven. So I'm I'm so ready. Okay, Meredith, I'm going to review these ten categories so that you can make sure I've got them down. Number one is the description of my business. Mm -hmm. Number two is ownership and location. Mm -hmm. Number three is the products. 
Number four is the pricing strategy. That's a big empty gap on mine. Number five is the financial plan, a large empty gap. Um, Six is production schedule and writing plan. Seven is establishing the target audience Mm -hmm. so that we get eight marketing and promotions plan. And then website and online marketing plans, including the newsletter. And finally, number 10 is long-term goals. Exactly. You got it. I can't ask you a casual question. You just know this stuff. You are, this is, this is, this is really important because I mean, so many people become an author because they have a story to tell. They have the passion and to share their story with the world. And then, and they write it. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh my God, this isn't just a story. This is a business. Mm-hmm. Because especially for indie authors, we are not just authors, we are publishers. And as a publisher, as a business, you have to do these things, you have to think about all of these, these moving pieces to your business in order to make it profitable. I have another moving piece for you to put in the financial plan, mm-hmm. which is the business side, accounting and taxes. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Because I haven't done anything about that. And I have yeah. sold over 600 books. <laughs> oh, very nice. Counting and taxes. I need to deal with that. Do you pay quarterly taxes? Yes. I have not. Here we are in June and I haven't paid a penny. Oof. Don't. It's all right. Uncle Sam's not a listener to the podcast. I'll figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, I know exactly. You need, and also, uh, especially with taxes, you need to figure out whether, according to if you're in a US citizen, um, whether the IRS will consider you as a professional author or whether they will consider it as a hobby. And that depends on how much money you spend and how versus how much money you earn. No kidding. Yes. And if you are spending money to increase your knowledge of writing, then you can more easily can have it listed as a business rather than as a hobby. Oh, no kidding. Because I think of all this stuff that I'm doing has been educational. Right. So you'll have to speak with your accountant. I am not an accountant. I'm not a professional at this. But... Speak to your accountant to figure out whether you can consider your writing a business rather than a hobby, because if it's a business, you can take tax write-offs. You can take, you can write off the costs of all of your expenses. Well, but there's also, if I consider myself a business, then I need a business, small business license in my county. And I, I mean, there are all kinds of, there are all kinds of about that, that are, that that need to consider. Yeah. All right. All Absolutely. Right. Accountant. Accountant. I'm putting on my list. Call the accountant. Where's <laughs> <laughs> my list? Call the accountant. And uh, if you are a business, you can take a loss on your business for only so many years in a row before you have to start making a profit. Oh, Otherwise, that's my, you'll be downgraded my, to a hobby. My, my long-term plan, make a profit. Yeah. I like Dollar it. one. The first dollar of profit might be a couple of years in the future, considering how much I've invested to learn this stuff, but, but okay. All right. That's outstanding. I feel much better about this. I feel like I can get a grip on this now. 
Well, good. As long as you talk to me later about target audiences, then I can do it. Target audience is so tricky. We might want to see if we can find a professional like asking Jenny Kate to come back or something to speak to us about target audiences because it is a tricky one, figuring out who your audience is. Excellent. Let's do that. I'm all up for glomming onto anybody who has knowledge and sucking it out of them like a vampire. Next week, Meredith Bond, we're going to talk about writing tics. Right. We all have writing tics. We all have writing tics. You're not talking about, I can't write unless I'm in my purple socks. (laughs) You're talking about, I use the word that too often, or I use the passive voice too often. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. I've got a list as long as my arm and things that I have to weed out by the end of the by the end of the editing session. So okay, writing ticks. Writing ticks. All listeners who are interested in writing can join us on the Discord server. Because oh, yeah. that's where we go to talk about writing and encourage each other and complain a bitch and laugh and moan. And learn. And learn. Exactly. Because we to share info. Beyond the Discord server, Meredith, how would someone join us? Oh, very simple, Prue. All you need to do is email me at Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, at MeredithBond.com. And you'll Maybe send them the link. And, and they I come. will send them the link. Which is a lot more interactive than listening to a podcast. Absolutely. Because then when we are jabbering on and on and on, you can interrupt us and say, but wait, what about Right. What a, or that's exactly. Don't don't skip over target audience so quickly. Um, you sent me an email that we had a new follower on on our podcast, a podcast follower on our website because oh. our website is just chock full of fantastic information. That's where you can find all of our show notes and hey. our website. Prue, can you say it? Ready? com. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> oh, getting so easy for me. <laughs> I don't dare go back to listen to the beginning episodes. We're like the uh, the something, I don't know, writers listen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so go to the writers block party podcast.com to enjoy all of the opportunities that await you there and join yes. us on the server and uh, like us and rate us and chat us up with other people who you know who might be interested because we're we're interested in meeting more people absolutely we want to hear from you people we want to hear what you are concerned about what you have questions about you can always write to us or put a comment into onto the writers block party podcast.com there's a contact us link where you can write to us and say hey what about and then talk we will we'll talk back we'll we'll say hey that's a great question what about that and, we like and we'll delve into it great excellent all right next week writing ticks i'm psyched i'm ready now now let's listen to meredith's husband give the outro because it's so good bye mary see you next week see you next week 
That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.